Amen. I'm going to preach from perhaps one of the most common passages, and I think one of the most important passages for any church to hear on a regular basis. And I revisit this passage continually because I think there is one thing that we could never, ever be able to reach a point of saying, I've got that all figured out and I've got it all worked out and I can walk away from it, and that is the subject of prayer. Brother Mooney said to me several years ago, he said, Brother Jordan, prayer is something that we always have to fight for because it is against the flesh. We have to always fight for our prayer time, fight for our prayer life. By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to speak to you on the subject of prayer from Matthew, I'm sorry, from Luke chapter 19. And I will begin with verse number 45. In this little story of Jesus entering into the temple, and we often talk about it as he is driving out the money changers. Luke chapter 19 and verse 45. And he went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought, saying unto them, It is written, everybody say, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Lord, we need your help this morning to speak what you have laid upon my heart. I pray, God, that the impression of your word this morning is made heavy upon every heart in the room. I pray, God, that the inspiration and unction of the Holy Ghost inspires this vessel today and that somehow, God, you can use my voice in this vessel to minister to this congregation today for this hour. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Regardless of what you think about the church, the church is designed as a house of prayer. Regardless what you do in the church, around the church, regardless how many functions you know, the church is much more than a building. For the last two years, we have had a slogan that we have used. Maybe we've used the slogan maybe a little bit longer, but we often hashtag it on Facebook and social media and say we're building a church. But truly, we're building a building to house the church because the church in of itself is the body of Christ. And the house is to be designated as a house of prayer. We, I don't know where from, I know the media often speaks of tragedy such as we saw just a few days ago in Sutherland, Texas. And as the media described it, they referred to it as a house of worship, and I think that's good. I think it's good. We understand the meaning. I'm not splitting hairs this morning 
uh, over whether over a name tag or over what you may refer to the church as. I think it's far, far less important of the name that is on the sign in front of the church or over the door of the church as it is what is going on inside the church. Regardless what we refer to it and how creative that we get, regardless how many cool and easily marketing and intriguing to this generation kind of names are chosen to put over the door or on a sign of a church, what really matters is that when somebody begins to think about a need and begins to think about prayer, the first thought that comes to our mind ought to not be uh, some other place. It ought to, our mind, when we think about where we gather for prayer, it ought to not even be the dinner table. And that's a good place to pray two or three times a day. I still believe in praying. We go in restaurants and we don't eat until we pray. We don't have lunch until we pray. We don't have dinner until we pray. I still believe it's important. People make light of it. And I know some people say, well, show me in the Bible where it's commanded that we pray over our food. Well, in all things, we give thanks unto the Lord. And so we're just showing our gratitude. The men ought always to pray. And so I think it's a good thing to pray. But our dinner table ought to not be the place that is known as the place we pray. But the house of God should be called the house of prayer. It's not necessarily that the sign over every church door needs to be the house of prayer. But in our mind, when we think and what goes on in and around the church, ought to be centered over the fact that this house is a house of prayer. Jesus talked about what they had made it, that they made it a den of thieves. For they were buying and selling and doing marketing there at the, uh, at the temple in, in that day. It was common of what they were doing. It was done under the guise of religion. I've had people use the scripture and ask me about churches having dinners or doing fundraisers and selling and, or buying and saying it shouldn't be or or what have you, but the attitude and the spirit that was present in the day of our text was one so that the, the religious people would come together not as a place of worship, or not as a place of prayer, or not as a place of receiving the Word of God, but they would come together, and the whole purpose of coming together was to do business. It was about networking. It was about connecting. It was about buying and selling. It, 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 it was, the whole religious idea was being lost from the gathering together of the people at the house of God on, in that time. We must be very, very careful as all the things that we do and the ways we use our facility and building here. Uh, we're building a new building, and uh, this is just a phase into the building. Somebody said, how long is this building project going to last? Don't worry, men. We're going to take a break in there. 
But we, uh, we, we ought to never stop building the church. And as God prospers, we ought to continue to reach to grow and develop the church. And in all the things that we do, Spencer was sharing with me about different things that churches are doing. And, and uh, one particular church at a conference that he was at just a few days ago, uh, they have community centers and making rooms available for, for businesses and different ways that they are increasing and elevating the church budget to be able to do more ministry. And this is a good apostolic, strong apostolic church. And nothing wrong with the business practices that they are, that they are uh, implementing and ways that they are uh, paying for the building and things that they're doing to be able to further their ministry. I don't believe that the scripture is is tying the hands of the church to be creative when it comes to financial means. But I do believe that when it comes to the sole purpose of why we come together, we ought to never come together and it be about networking and the social aspect of the church. It ought to never be about business and uh the, the organizational structure becomes the purpose of us coming together. If people miss everything else that we do around Christian Life Church, I hope that they say, when I need prayer, I know where I'm going. I want it to be, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I want it to be said of Christian Life Church that that is a place that is called the house of prayer. I want it to be the place that this community and our neighborhood comes to when they have a need. When somebody gets a diagnosis of cancer, I want the first thought that comes in their mind, I've got to get to Christian Life Church because those people know how to pray. It's already been said. It's already happened. We've already seen miracles and, 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 and great things happen. But I believe that we're only scratching the surface of what God is wanting to do. Men and women that are sacrificing your time and your energy to build a new facility to be able to house a larger crowd and park a better uh, a larger audience of, of, of cars into the parking lot. I want to tell you what we are really doing. We are building a house of prayer. I don't want them to talk about the gold fixtures and the incredible structure. I want it to be nice for there's nothing wrong with God's house being a beautiful edifice. If you look through scripture, there was so much time and detail spent into building the temple. But this is not to be, this is not about the temple that we're building with hands, but we ought to be building a place where people know that they can come to, for it must be the house of prayer. I don't want it to ever become anything else. I love our music program. Thank God for our wonderful music program. I thank God. I believe we are a leading church in our area when it comes to a music program. Thank God for Brother Danny and Sister Cheryl and for all of these gifted musicians and singers and worship leaders and, and those that are coming up. I, I just thank God for it. 
It's a wonderful thing. I thank God for it. I, I was in this morning, and I got to tell you, as we began to worship God, I was standing over here by my wife this morning, and I felt the presence of God just sweep into the room. Thank God for an anointing. I don't ever want them, people, to come say, I want to come to this building to see what the building looks like. But I want them to come and say, I want to come to see what this worship is all about. I want them to come and find out what goes on inside of this building. I want it to be more than just bricks and stone and drywall and wood and nice craftsmanship, but it must be a house of prayer. It must be a place where God dwells. It must be a place where God meets the needs of people. Jesus entered into the temple that day and I've seen the artist renditions of of Jesus entering into the temple that day with anger on his face and and uh, he's driving out the money changers and and perhaps it would be easy for somebody to look at this and say uh, you know I, I guess he was just having a bad day that day when he showed up to the temple but I believe that God has always taken his house uh, and and what goes on in his house as very very important I, I I grew up and thank God for godly parents. But we had some pretty stringent rules. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? We had some stringent rules. And uh, the kids weren't hardly allowed to wiggle and move. We've got about, uh, we've got so many kids running around here. Somebody said over 100 that is in student ministries itself. Over 100, 118, I think they said, in student ministry. We've got a lot of kids, a lot of children. I don't want them to ever come to the house of God and feel like, oh, I don't want to go there because I get in trouble all the time. I don't want it to be so stiff and so, but, but yet I do want there to be a reverence to the house of God. There ought to be a reverence. This place ought to be considered a holy place. There's times when we come together and we ought, to, we ought to, to say, hey, this isn't the time. I, I love those services when everybody's bouncing off the walls and, and, and dancing in the spirit. And, and uh, we don't do it much anymore, but I remember when, when we used to run the aisles. It's been a little while. I, I wonder sometimes how much we've lost and how much we've left. But I don't want this to this our worship and the atmosphere of worship to become so uh, so uh, lighthearted or so silly. It, it must always come from the heart. But I don't want it to become so lighthearted and so silly that we lose a reverence for the spirit and power of God. As much as I want to see those services when we're bouncing off the wall, so to speak, I want to see those services when people are literally slain under the presence and power of the Almighty God. It doesn't matter what your preference and style is. It doesn't matter what style of music you prefer. It doesn't matter what style of worship you prefer. It just must come from your heart and be to the, to the Lord. But when people come together in God's house, it ought to never be about I'm going to church because I like the particular preacher that is preaching today. 
They ought to never come together and say, I'm going to church today because the choir is singing my song or there's a specific soloist that's going to be singing today. We ought to come together in the house of the Lord and say this, I am going to the, to the house of the Lord and I'm going to meet with God in His house today and I'm going to find an opportunity to break through in prayer and God will hear my need while I am in His house. I love fellowship as much as any of the rest. As a matter of fact, I've told my wife and been telling our staff our building project has seemed to hamper so many of the things that we are doing and put a, put a real damper on so many different things that, that we normally do at CLC. And I, I've told them, and we've talked about it, and we're gearing up and getting ready for it. I want to have more fellowship than what we've been having. We need to have more things that, that where people can come together and enjoy and not feel like it's all about work and all about sacrifice. We've been sacrificing for a while and we'll always be sacrificing. That's part of the Christian life of sacrifice and work and labor. I understand that, but I don't want people to get the wrong idea. But regardless how many social events and fellowship events, and I'm all for it and we're planning more of them, but when we come together, we ought to come together knowing I am going to God's house and this is a serious moment because i got to meet with God. This week when the report came in and the doctor said, I'm not sure and it's unclear, I want you to hear what this pastor's saying this morning. This is the house of prayer. I don't want to run to the bar when I get a bad, when I get a bad report from the doctor. I want to run to the house of prayer. I don't want to run to the pill bottle and say, Oh, I can't sleep. I got to have some rest. I want to run to the house of prayer. When my family's falling apart, I don't want to have to run to a counselor and there's nothing wrong with getting some good godly counsel. But I want to run to the house of prayer and declare this is where I'm coming to first, not last. This is where I go first. When I have a need, I go to God first. I go to His house first. When there's a situation, I go to God first. I come to the house of God first. For my house shall be called the house of prayer. I've come to tell you this morning that what goes on inside the house of prayer is more than just a little meeting. Our worship is more than a talent show. I love to watch these musicians play. I love it. I used to call myself a musician. Not much of a musician anymore. Music has gone so far and talent levels have gone so far that I'd be an embarrassment to step on to an instrument to attempt to play. I love to watch them play. Not only do they play with anointing, but they enjoy what they're doing. I was watching these boys this morning, young men, excuse me. I was watching these young men this morning as they're communicating and they're 
relating. They're, 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 they're giving signals to one another. And I'd watch that smile once in a while as it would come out as I was here, that right little note and that little cut and that little, and, and they enjoy that. And that's wonderful. I enjoy watching that. And I enjoy listening to that. I enjoy watching what they're doing as they're working together. And, and, and that's, that's, that's all good and well. I, I enjoy it so very much. Uh, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy our choir. I, I think the travel choir may be singing tonight, aren't they? The travel choir singing. I love it. I look up there. I remember Sister Nancy. You hear this, Sister Nancy Irons? You hear this morning? I remember when me and you and Sister Cindy and Annette and Paula. And I don't. There was about I think there was eleven of us. We made up the CLC choir. It was the ABC choir back then? We made up the choirs. Eleven of us. I remember Brother Jerry came. He was me and Brother Jerry were the first men singing. I look up there and I see seven or eight or nine men up on the platform. I look up and see 30, 35, sometimes even 40 that are up there together singing. It'll be a, this platform will just be full of a choir tonight as they sing under the influence of the anointing of the Holy Ghost if we get that far in the service. And I love it, and it just makes my heart swell, and I feel I'm so proud, godly proud, if there's such a thing. I'm so proud of them, and I, 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 just, I get a blessing just knowing that God's blessing the church. And I get excited about it, and that's, that's wonderful. But our worship is more than just good talent. It's more than just incredible lyrics to a great well-written song. It's more than beautiful voices that are well-trained and know just how to be used. But when this choir begins to sing, and when that music begins to play, I want there to be a sense of an anointing of the Holy Ghost. I don't care if it's a fast song or a slow song. I don't care if it's a new song or an old song. I just want it to be saturated with the anointing of the Almighty God. When a person walks in the door and they've got a bad diagnosis or they've had a rough week or they've had a family problem, that they walk in the door and the anointing of God breaks the yoke that's got them trapped in their heart and in their mind and they break into worship because of what's going on it's not about our talent this house must be called a house of prayer musicians and singers I'm going to tell you how we get there your rehearsals are important your rehearsals are important they're irreplaceable the Bible said that we are to sing in the spirit and to sing with understanding also. So that's wonderful. Thank you for practicing. I like to hear notes that are on key. We thank you for practicing. We like it. But I'm going to tell you what cannot be replaced. It's the time you spend not just in training your voice, but in training your spirit in the presence of God. Getting in the prayer room. 
And not just before service, but having a daily prayer life. Walking with God. Finding time to communicate with God. Hey, CLC, we've got to be more than a great, gifted, talented group of people. Wonderful group of friends that gather together here at CLC. But we must be a people that are known to be people of prayer. Known to be people that know how to touch God. If there is a need, I want them to look here first to find somebody to pray for them. I know we just had a whole group that just returned from a prayer conference. My wife was asked to speak this week at the World Network of Prayer Conference. I saw on Facebook uh, some of our young people. I saw Dylan and Erica and Gentry and I don't know if there were others. I just saw those three photos I think Carrie went. I don't know who all went. There was a group that that went. And thank you for going and supporting. I heard Dylan say last night, my Lord, I have sit through 30-something hours of teaching and preaching on prayer. I'm so full. I've heard so much. i got to go do something, Dad. I understand. Maybe I should just hand one of them the mic and let them get up here this morning. But I'm going to tell you that there is nothing that replaces the ministry of prayer. Thank God for a great youth ministry. Thank God for a good young adult ministry. Thank God for all of our ministries. Good children's ministry. Good. Oh, I thank God for all of our fellowships and ministries and parties and and, and thank God for every, but I'm going to tell you there's nothing any more important than the ministry of prayer. I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and young adults alike in this room today, when you feel like God's calling you to do something, pastor wants to do a little pestering, if I may, this morning. Because I'm going to tell you before you do anything with that ministry and with that calling that God has placed on your life, the first ministry you need to perfect is the ministry of prayer. We need to perfect the ministry of prayer because there's something that prayer will bring that nothing else will ever be able to produce. You can go to all the seminars and classes, all the Bible colleges and get all the degrees that you want. You can go to all the secular universities and go as high and get all the doctorates that you can. But I want to tell you that what you will get on your face in prayer will do something that none of your training and none of your nothing else is going to replace what prayer will put into your life. What you've done this week, young people that have gone and been part of, of the world network of prayer event I want to tell you that what you're doing and what you're investing in will take you through the toughest days of life it'll get your ministry off the ground it'll cause something to be birthed in you that nothing's going to be able to extinguish CLC our prayer ministry's got to go up a notch everything we're doing has got to go up a notch this place has got to be called a house of prayer our altar service isn't time to go congregate in the foyer it ought to be time a time of prayer. The conclusion of preaching ought to call us to a moment of prayer. Our worship ought to call us and get us in the frame of mind of prayer. This house must be called the house of prayer. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning.
I've shared with you before. Every night before bed, we gathered in and around my parents' bed, knelt for a time of prayer. I learned how to pray. I learned how to pray. Listening to my mom and dad. Kneeling at a bedside. I didn't learn how to pray at church. I didn't learn how to pray at an altar at church. I learned how to pray by bedside in my home. You want your kids to grow up and be prayer warriors. You can't delegate it to the Sunday school teachers. You can't dedicate it to Wednesday night kids' prayer. They're going to learn how to pray by your bedside, in your home, in your prayer closet. We can't expect their lives to be completely Prepared for what God wants to do in the three or four or five hours a week that they gather together in the house of God. But what are you training them for all the rest of the time? But regardless what goes in on in your home, not every home has mom and dad together living for God. I can only imagine how difficult that it must be. I thank God for the husbands and wives that live and serve God together. And on a day you think you have it hard and you think you have it rough, you need to just fall on your face and pray for one of these good church members that are living for God alone, that don't have somebody supporting them. And on the day that they don't feel like praying, have a spouse come and say, no, it's time to pray. And on the day that you feel like you get discouraged and feel like quitting and your spouse comes and picks you up, you need to stop right there and pray for somebody that don't have a spouse that's picking them up. And I'm going to tell you, the children, the kids, the young people, the students of Christian Life Church are blessed. Someone said to me this week, the students of Christian Life Church have no earthly idea how blessed they are. Having been out and around to a few churches, I'm going to tell you the investment of kids' prayer, of your teachers, and these leaders. Some of them, I, you, you, we, we couldn't even call all of their names. Some of them are young adults. Some of them are elders. They've been in the church for a long time. Those who give up their Sunday morning being able to come in, they're in a classroom. They give up their Saturday night preparing lessons. They give up Wednesday afternoons preparing for kids' prayer. You see, it, we think it just happens. The kids just go back there and get a crayon and start coloring a little photo and come out. But I'm going to tell you, there's a lot more goes into it. They're preparing our kids for something. And this prayer focus that we have going, we ought to thank God for that. We've got to thank God for that. It's as, it's, it's as important or more important than our, mu- our music program, than our seniors ministry, than our young adults ministry, than our Martha ministry and care ministry. All these things are all commandments of God to go and to do and to feed the poor and to feed the hungry. These are all good things to do, but I'm going to tell you, we've got to get back to the basics of prayer. Prayer's got to be first. 
Prayer's got to be at the forefront. I know I'm just over and over saying the same things to you this morning, but I'm going to say it until we really get it today. This house must be called the house of prayer. I remember not only praying by the bedside, but I remember the example. We would go and visit someone. We never left their home without having a time of prayer. I know it may sound old-fashioned, Somehow, I wish we could bring those days back. Somehow, I wish we could bring back those days when people weren't afraid. I was in a restaurant the other day here in town a few weeks ago. I think Brother Tapia was with me. We're eating at at, uh, Applebee's a few months ago. One of the waitresses there came up to the table, started sharing a little bit about the diagnosis and the story. And she said, I just wonder if you could pray. We just reached out, took her by the hand right there in the restaurant. Somebody said, really? You did right there? Right there? No, I didn't jump up and scream and shout and push her into the floor. We didn't have to have a catcher. We were good. (laughs) Oh, you think that's all old-fashioned, huh? We didn't go to her. She came to us. Come on, CLC. This is going to start happening more often. Because the darker the night, the brighter is going to shine the light. The more they're going to know what's going on. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. But I'm going to tell you that CLC is going to be a house of prayer. If we miss everywhere else, we've got to be a house of prayer. We've got to be a place they know they can come to and find help. In the early church, we find people praying. Moses prayed and God spared Israel from judgment. Joshua prayed and God caused the sun to stand still. Hannah prayed and God gave her a baby boy. What's your prayer this morning? Solomon prayed and God gave him wisdom. Elijah prayed and God set fire down from heaven. Jonah prayed and God brought him out of the belly of a great fish. The thief on the cross prayed and God gave him paradise. The saints of old prayed and revival came. I'm going to tell you how it's going to come, CLC. It's not just that it's the awakening. I'm going to tell you what happens. It's when the people of God start to pray. We can have an awakening in November. We can have a Christmas time awakening. If the people of God begin to pray and begin to reach out to the Lord. If you want revival in the church, we've got to be a house of prayer. You want the church to be blessed? We've got to be a house of prayer. You want the preacher to preach better? We've got to be a house of prayer. You want, the, you want to keep problems out of the church? This place has got to be called the house of prayer. You want the church to grow? This place has got to be called the house of prayer. You want the church to move forward? This house must be called the house of prayer close this morning how long for the days of the early apostolic church where they went house to house daily they went house to house breaking bread and in prayer Listen, our lives 
have got to be more than Sunday prayer time. Can I make a little shift? Because I've talked a lot about the church this morning. But he no longer dwells in temples made with hands. But how many of you know we are the temple of the Holy Ghost? We. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We are the temple. We are the house of prayer. We. We are. The house of prayer. I don't want people to know me. And the first thought comes to their mind is he was nice, he was kind. Those are good compliments. He was charitable, he cared about people. She worked hard. She gave her life to God. She was a good mother. He was a good father. They loved their grandchildren. But on that day when only the only thing left is what history will be written. What will be said about you? Will they say about you, that person, that man, that woman, was a woman of prayer, was a man of prayer? What are we making of our lives? What are we doing with our lives? We're spending the days, the minutes, the seconds, the months, the weeks that God has given us and blessed us with, we spend them every week doing something. Some of you, I watch how you're spending it. God bless you. You're doing great things. Others, I'm not so sure. I don't know about all of you. I may not be close enough, closely connected enough with all of you to be able to know but I'm just asking you to answer that question. Would it be said of you? They may not have gotten everything right in life, but there is one thing that they got right. They were a man or woman of prayer. This house must be called a house of prayer. Do you feel that way this morning? Besides everything else, I, I want to be known as a house of prayer. I want to be known as a man of prayer. Do you feel that way today? Do you want people, when they think, I need somebody to pray immediately, they would look to you, they would come to you? Why don't you stand with me this morning? Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. I've rambled around this morning and fumbled over this inexhaustible subject of prayer this morning. 
I feel God drawing us, drawing us to prayer. I wonder today, would there be some that would like to make a commitment? I know we're approaching the end of the year. we got a new year coming. We like to make a lot of New Year's resolutions, but I just wonder today, would there be some in the house today that would just be able to slide a hand up while nobody's looking around, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and you would say, Pastor, I've made up my mind this morning while you're preaching. I'm going to step prayer up in my life. I, I I gotta do better with my prayer life. Look at these hands that are going up all over the building, all over the room. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Come on, if you want to be a house of prayer, lift both hands toward heaven right now and just breathe that to the Lord right now. God, help me. Make me over. Help me arrest my schedule, God. Arrest my thoughts, oh, Lord. Let my... My time, Lord, let me regain it and refocus it. And Lord, keep my focus where it needs to be. That, Lord, I may be, I may be walking in the center of your will, God. Make me a man or woman of prayer. Not only in the house, but in the house, but also in my own house, God. I want to be a man or woman of prayer. I want to be a man or woman of prayer. Come on, call out to the Lord right now. Would you just... Breathe that out to God. Breathe your prayer to Him right now. Your commitment to Him right now. Oh, yes. Come on, respond to the Lord in some way today. Respond to Him in some way today. If you want to come forward, that's fine. If you just choose to stand where you are, that's fine. Just respond to him today. This is a personal call. A personal call. Lord, make, me a make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Oh, Lord, house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Oh, make me a house prayer a house of prayer oh Lord Lord make me a house make me a house of prayer oh yes come on let this song be your prayer now Make me a house of prayer. Yes, oh God. Make me a house, oh Lord. Make me a house of prayer. Oh Lord. house of prayer. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 